Today, we're in Saudi Arabia, searching for the route of the Exodus with Andrew Jones. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder, and today we're going on an adventure. Uh, some of you that hear In Grace Monday through Thursday on your station know that we're Bible teaching, preaching on topics, or going through a passage, and then on Fridays and weekends, we go somewhere. Well, today we're going to a place I've never been to. I've been blessed to be able to travel and to film things all over the world, but I've never been to Saudi Arabia. Well, we're going to Saudi Arabia today. We're going to first hit a city I'd never been to in the United Arab Emirates in Dubai. And there's a reason for that. And then we're going to go into Saudi Arabia and we're going to see some incredible evidence that Saudi Arabia is actually the location for Mount Sinai in our special series, Exodus Found. Now, if you've listened to the other programs before this one, you know that my brother-in-law, Neil, and I took a trip to Egypt. We retraced the actual steps of what I think the route of the Exodus was. And we went diving in the Red Sea. Well, today we're going to jump into the Red Sea again on the other side. We're going to look for the camp spots and oases that Israel would have been in, and we're going to eventually take you to some places that prove it is the land of Midian and the home of Jethro. So all of that's today, and then next week we're going to take you to the actual real Mount Sinai, which we climb. All of this is so exciting to me. I hope it's exciting to you, and I really, really am thankful that you're listening today here at In Grace. I would love to to take you on a trip over to Israel sometime. And so we have two trips coming up next year in 2024, and we have another trip February of 2025. So I invite you to come and see Israel, this incredible land. Now, for those of you that want to watch Exodus Found, the series that you're going to hear today, we have a video series that we'd love to send to you as our thank you for your gift of $35 or more. Now, you're going to get this four-part, full-length video series, and you're going to be so compelled to see the actual sites where Israel would have journeyed and crossed the Red Sea. And this is my way of thanking you for your support for In Grace. And right now, we have a matching gift campaign. So if you give $35 to get this series and the map I'll tell you about in a second, that gift will be doubled to 70 and you get the video series Exodus Found and a beautiful four-color trifold map that has the actual map of Egypt, the Sinai Peninsula, Canaan, Midian, and Saudi Arabia. On the back of this map is a guide that gives you all the facts, the scriptures, the archaeology. This is going to be so helpful for you. Now, if you can't afford the $35, I totally understand that. Let me at least send you just the map. This is free. This is my gift to you just for listening. Call us or go to our website or write to us and ask for the Exodus Found map, and you will get it absolutely free. Or you can give $35 or more, get the map and the video series. And some of you have said, hey, I really want to support in grace. I know that we don't have a lot of time to share the gospel, and I want to see more people hear the gospel of grace, and I want to invest in grace. Here's what we've got for you. If you give a gift of $250 or more, and I realize that's a ton of money, your gift is going to be doubled to $500, and you're going to get the video, the map, and a beautiful four-color limited edition print 
of Moses parting the Red Sea. Original artwork, it's absolutely gorgeous. I think you'll absolutely love this and I can't wait to hear from you. Call us at 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. We drove from our hotel in Hunkel down along the Red Sea's Gulf of Aqaba to the location directly across from Nueva. We were not allowed to scuba dive here in these Saudi waters, but we still wanted to explore where Israel likely walked ashore. Again, we were keeping our eyes peeled, looking for anything that looked like it might have come from the Egyptian army. And here we go, welcome underwater everybody. I was a little bit surprised how shallow it was. Seeing the seagrass and the shallow waters, the small fish. We're looking for anything round that would resemble a coral encrusted chariot wheel. I'm looking for anything that's metallic, maybe a sword or a spear, uh, maybe a piece of body armor. And although snorkeling is a little harder to get down and stay down, we are able to hold our breath and get down and examine the deeper waters where the reef began. And again, it's so beautiful. It's so incredible. Just if all we did was look down into the water at the corals and the fish and the, the life, it would be so worth it. It's so awesome. But although we didn't find anything here either, we still had an amazing experience on the Saudi Arabia side of the Gulf of Aqaba and the Red Sea. Now they have made it through the Red Sea. This is the greatest miracle since creation, probably, that's ever taken place. This is a nation born. They're now born, they're now a nation, they're free. They will never go back to slavery to Egypt. God has taken care of that. And they were eyewitnesses to this. Certainly they turned around and they saw the water start to collapse and destroy and pound this powerful army that would have easily taken them back. And they sing. And there are songs of Moses and a song of Miriam. Mm -hmm. And these are songs of deliverance. All of that hmm. has impacted my life, Neil. Mm. The reason is because my savior was in that family. And from that tribe, the tribe of Judah, would eventually come a king named David. And from that king would come another king named Jesus. Wow. And so because he's my savior, all of us that have put our trust in Christ were almost the same as going through that Red Sea. Certainly every Jewish person right. went through that Red Sea. After recalling the birth of Israel on the shores of the Red Sea, we were ready to see what they would have seen. Adventurer Andrew Jones will guide us to many sites that tie into the Exodus story here in Saudi Arabia. Today, we're hoping to retrace their steps from the landing beach to several camp spots and oases, eventually to wind up at the real Mount Sinai. The Bible says that after crossing the Red Sea, Israel walked three days through the wilderness of Shur or Etam, eventually coming to what would be known as Mara. So we're in kind of a basin area and you think that this could be what is referred to as Mara, three days journey from the crossing site Yes. They needed water. Yeah, the Bible says it was bitter. So you do have these pools that would have been filled up from the rain. 
that they came across and been brackish or just undrinkable. And this area now is called Al-Sharif, and it was a Hajj route stop. So on the way to Mecca, this was one of the places people did stop and had wells of water. But uh, the groundwater here, you can see some dried basins behind us yeah. with camels. And so this is a possible site for Mara. In fact, there's some ancient, or I should say older maps about 100 years ago, and they do list a similar name to Mara in this region. Really? They spell it M-R-A-H. Huh. So the story was God told Moses to take a tree yeah. and throw it into the water and the water turned from bitter to sweet. So you could imagine maybe one of the acacia trees yeah. in this area, cutting it down or part of the branch and throwing it into this brackish water. So cool. Oh, again, it's all fitting together. God is a specialist at making bitter things sweet. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, is witness to this. After Mara, we wanted to find Elam, the next stop for Israel. The Bible describes that campsite as having 12 wells and 70 palm trees. Andrew knew of a spot that fit the bill, but it was way off the beaten path in the desert. We soon arrived at Taib al-Isam Oasis, which is very probably Elam. Oh, this is awesome, Andrew. Yeah, this is one of the best shots I like. You see the uh, Wadi Taizm Oasis, the possible Elam site? This, to me, looks like a Hollywood film set. The orange rocks, and you have this green, yeah. lush oasis. We're here in northwest Saudi Arabia, ancient Midian. Mm -hmm. In this canyon system, it's known today as Wadi Taizm, and this means the Valley of the Good Name. Okay. Now, these ancient names are only used usually once in the Bible for the Exodus camping sites like Elam, Mara, Rephidim. And so it's hard to pinpoint them today. And those names are associated with what happened at that the time, time of Moses. Yeah. A lot of times they would have an event happen at a site, then Moses would name it right. after what happened. Well, well same with Mara. Yeah. The water was bitter. So they call it Mara. Mara. Mara, right. Yeah, but be, so now we don't have like those names usually on a map. Uh -huh. So you got to use logic and reasoning sure. and kind of explore like we're doing, explore yeah. the area and try so to find them. The most important point of where was the crossing point, where's Mount Sinai, is that this is Midian. This is where Moses experienced God, the burning bush, mm -hmm. the mountain of God was all already here. And he knew that because of Jethro. And this is where he had come for his 40 years in the wilderness. Yeah, they had a little detour, <laughs> but it was all in God's plan. Mm -hmm. It's amazing though, that there's palm trees and 12 wells here. And this desolate valley, yeah. nothing else growing. It would fit the narration of Exodus. Yeah, it's exactly. near the crossing site. Amazing. It, it fits the story. Incredible, wow. Also, not only are there 12 wells and all the palm trees, but you also have Midianite ruins and yeah. pottery found here. Right behind us actually are some of the Midianite ruins, and this is where they find the pottery pieces. And again, it shows that this oasis goes back to the time of the Exodus, because you're finding that the Midianites were living around these watering holes. Show me, show me uh, where Yeah, those let's go up there and check it out. Yeah. So it looks like you just picked up yeah, some nice pieces. Look at that. Back behind us there on the hill. Oh, this is definitely pottery because it's, it's clay. Yeah, you can see the curve in it. Yeah. So um, that had some sort of a design to it. This one too, Again. you see the lines and the, yep. even if you look on the, the side profile, you see the layers. Mm -hmm. One side is lighter, the other side is amazing. On the Saudi archeological literature for this site, they mentioned that there has been Midianite pottery found. And right where they said the settlements were, you pick them yeah. up and there there's there. pieces laying around. Amazing. 
Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia, diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited-time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. After leaving Elam, we wanted to find another oasis that could fit the Bible's next camp location for Israel. Numbers 33 verse 10 says that after Elam, they encamped by the Red Sea. Here at Magna is a beautiful oasis, and I think a good candidate for the next camp spot. This is Magna. Magna. And so it's known as the Springs of Moses. Huh. You see, it's a coastal oasis right beside the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. It has all these springs of water bubbling up out of the mud here. Let's go check out some of the springs down here. And anytime you find an oasis in these areas, you start to think this could have been one of the stops for Israel. Yeah, you know, they're always looking for water. They yeah. had their flocks and herds and one to two million people. And so, yeah, water was very important. This would be the coastal encampment mentioned in Numbers 33, which lists all their campsites from Goshen to the Promised Land. If so, this fits perfectly because you have an oasis by the Red Sea, which is just past these trees. And we also have a midnight fortress just across the valley here. And so we know during the time of the Exodus, people inhabited this area because of the water. And then Jethro's house, city. Um, just right up this valley. The well, it's, yeah. yeah, right up there. So so about you know 20 minute drive. Right. Yeah. So it kind of starts to fit. How rare are these oasis in, in these desert areas? Oh yeah, they're rare. There's so, not many of them. Yeah, so definitely they're taking advantage of where they can find them. As Moses, who was you know a shepherd here for 40 years, he would know he where would these know. were located. If there's an oasis somewhere, will that typically still be there thousands of years later? Yeah, in fact, you see a lot of these oasis, they're still around uh -huh. for thousands of years. Well, we know this one was here. Because of the Midianite fortress. Yep. Al-Bada, the same thing. You have mm -hmm. these Midianite Islamic ruins. Even earlier, they say Neolithic and it's still now a modern-day town. Yeah. So. yeah. After Magna, the children of Israel would pass through Moses' father-in-law Jethro's hometown. Albad, the name of the town today, has several ruins and traditions that link to the Midians and Jethro. This is a museum, and this is in the place where Jethro, we think, might have lived. We're not talking about Beverly Hillbillies here. We're talking about the Jethro yes, um, of the Bible, of Moses, Moses', Moses father-in-law, father the priest yeah. of Midian. So what are the proofs that this is Midian? And how do we know that Moses would have come here? And that also sets up the crossing site. It sets up where the Mount Sinai would be, the Correct, Mount of God. Yeah. All of it focuses on this being Midian. Well, if you look at just 
The geography of Northwest Saudi Arabia, you'll notice that there are very limited water sources here and that they have these major oases where people lived and uh, dwelt in because of the, the water and the greenery around for the sheep. And so it was in this one big oasis, now called Albada, that all the archaeological evidence points to as this being Midian. We have the Midianite pottery. We have ancient maps, like from the time of the classic periods of the Roman and Greeks, that say this is the town of Midian. They took the land of Midian from the time of the Exodus. They converted it down and condensed it now to this town to that city. we're in. Okay. So you find that not just local tradition placing Moses and Jethro here, like they call him Swaib for Jethro in the Quran, mm. but you also have the archaeological evidence and the geography pinpointing this as being Midian. So it's very much undisputed that this is the land of Midian here. And then some of these ancient maps, you're still seeing that it's not accurate. Obviously, yeah. we have the advantage today of having you know, <laughs> satellite Earth, mapping, yeah. all this stuff. Some of the confusion of you know where Sinai has been, yeah. that they didn't depict the Gulf of Aqaba on these ancient maps. Yeah. So then when people were looking for where it would have been, it just you know, they kind just, of fell in the wrong area. They just picked the Gulf of Suez because right. it's the only one they had on the maps. The Midianites came from... They were from Abraham's third wife, Keturah. Right. So she was a lesser known wife of Abraham, uh -huh. but she had a number of children and they inhabited this area, their descendants, like huh. Didan, Midian, this area of Northwest Saudi Arabia. You'll have some people try to say that the Midianites were nomads and those, they didn't really have a true home. And so maybe later, because uh, they were traders, they, you know, they, they did long distance trading. Sure, but, but they uh, had to have had a home had, base. Right? Exactly. And, and these, they're not gonna go super far with their and, flocks and stuff. Well, but you notice even the story of the Exodus, when Moses is at Rephidim with uh -huh. the Israelites, the split rock, Jethro says he returned to his home or his land. Right. So he had a piece of land that he called his own, even though he was a nomad. Right he yeah. came back to this certain area of, of the modern day town of Albada, wow. right near the well, probably. Amazing. <laughs> and he was, you know, the high priest of Midian. So he, uh -huh. he had a location that people knew who he was. Next, we arrived at a well that some have ascribed to the location that Moses had fled to earlier in his life and had helped Jethro's daughters. So this is known as the Well of Moses. Uh -huh. It's a, a local Islamic tradition that goes all the way back to the Middle Ages. Basically, they knew the story too, that Moses, when he fled uh, Pharaoh, he came to the land of Midian, and it said he sat down by a well. Moses wrote about this experience where he met his future wife, Zipporah. Uh. The Midianites lived around these water sources, mm -hmm. like these oases, and so they all had big wells where they could water their flocks. Let's recount that story of Moses coming here. Yeah, in Exodus, Moses wrote that he had to defend Jethro's daughters. They kind of said this was their well, okay. or they basically took over and said, we're gonna water our flocks first. The men. Yeah, these okay. other men. Uh -huh. And Jethro only had daughters. And so these women who were defenseless against these other local men, and so they had to wait basically until actually Moses showed up and he defended them huh. and he allowed them to water their flocks. And they got, I guess, so excited. It seems like they ran off and told the father, huh. Jethro, what happened. And he's like, well, where's this stranger? Where's this guy, bring him over, right? Yeah, and they had left him at the well. And then that begins a long time relationship, of course, marrying Zephora. 
Yeah. And, and Moses then ended up having two children here in the land of Midian while he was 40 years exiled here. Mm -hmm. he, he started a new uh, career as a shepherd. Huh. Imagine that going from basically a prince of Egypt yeah. to a shepherd. Uh, what a change. You know, I'm sure God had a lot to teach him and he had to unlearn a lot of stuff that he learned in Egypt mm -hmm. to become the leader to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Yeah, so you have a man who would have been very highly educated. Yeah. Right? Uh, to be out here in the desert yeah, just man. watching sheep. <laughs> the, the dumb sheep. You're trying to make sure they don't go off anywhere. And this is the well yes, of Moses. Where they believe Moses met Zipporah. Huh. Quite a, a deep well. In fact, it's big enough they have stairs spiraling down. So. Right. And this well dates to around what time? Well, they say that the earliest they know of is the Islamic period, like mm -hmm. the Middle Ages. But of course, we do know that this was an ancient oasis. They're finding pottery going back to Midian. Mm -hmm. And then before, they're finding evidence of people living here. So the general area has always had water, whether this was the specific well during the Exodus or not. It was in this general area. What an awesome feeling it is to stand here where Moses likely stood, where he did something good. He defended women, you know, and he did the right thing. I love that when people in the Bible do the right thing, and Moses normally did. Most of the time he did the right thing. It must have felt good for him because he had just killed somebody. He flees his country, lost his position in the royal family. He must have been really depressed. Mm -hmm. And now he can help some local Midianite women. Yeah, and become part of a family. Uh, you know, you kind of lose your family. You come, you find a new family. And they would have been distantly related too yeah. uh, through Abraham. So really amazing. I just get, I love the sense of history, the sense of the Bible coming to life. You know, this is far away from the land of Israel, but it all connects. This spot connects to Israel. Today, we've seen much evidence that this is Midian, and therefore where Moses was taking the people to God's mountain where he had seen the burning bush. Next time, we're gonna see more archeological evidence that this is where Jethro and the Midians lived, as well as the split rock of Horeb and the real Mount Sinai itself. But before we go, let's go back to the beach on the Red Sea where Israel came ashore and experienced national salvation. And we'll talk there about an even greater miracle, how you can experience personal, eternal salvation. What an amazing miracle, the parting of the Red Sea. Listen, we all need a miracle. We need a greater miracle than what God did here. We need to be saved from drowning in sin. We need the, the Lord to, to save us from hell to heaven. Well, we can't do that on our own. We need his help. We need his intervention. And here's some good news. God loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for us on a cross and to rise again. And Jesus says, if you will just believe in me, to trust in me, you will have everlasting life. You will be saved from your sin. All you have to do is trust in him. The Bible says that you and me have sin. We, we can't save ourselves. God is holy and is perfect. Our sin separates us from him. Therefore, we need to put our trust 
in Jesus who came and died on a cross and rose again. And the Bible says if you'll just believe in him, to trust in him, you will not perish, but you will have everlasting life. You need to be saved. Are you? Put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. Embark on a journey to explore the inspiring story of the Exodus within grace. Call now for your free Exodus map, 800-78-GRACE. This map depicts the route of the Israelites during their escape from Egypt. When you give $35 or more, you'll receive the Exodus map and our brand new video series, Exodus Found, where Jim Scudder Jr. retraces the Exodus in Egypt and Saudi Arabia diving into the Red Sea to uncover evidence of the miraculous crossing. For those giving $250 or more, you will get the complete Exodus package, the map, the video series, and a beautiful, exclusive 16 by 20 canvas print showcasing the miraculous Red Sea crossing. And from now until the end of the year, a generous donor will be doubling all gifts. To get these limited time exclusive materials, call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com or write to Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on Ingrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. Ingrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in next week as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.